Nashville, Tennessee is home to some of the world's finest musicians. From country music to R&B to hip-hop and everything in between, if you've heard it, Nashville's got it. But ever since I moved to the city in 2013, I've met some incredible musicians who fall in between the cracks. Amazing musicians who are passionate about that other music. So I'm not here to talk about the music you've probably heard. I'm here to introduce you to them, illuminate their music, and share their stories. My name is David Rogers. I'm an improviser, composer, and pianist here in Music City, USA. And I want to welcome you to the Improviser's Corner. On today's episode, I sit down with violinist, improviser, and composer Alicia Enstrom. We talk about her musical journey from studying classical music at Vanderbilt University to her life on the road with Cirque du Soleil and a whole lot more. Well, we were talking about Blair. Yeah. So I think that's probably where I first encountered you. I think you were on that panel. They do that oh, yes. panel yeah. every yeah, yeah. every year where alumni come and, and speak. Yeah, and I think that's where I first met you and yeah, encountered like a wild like, animal. What is wrong with this woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really cool because there was, I feel like Blair has this um, culture, very classical, very traditional in a lot of ways. Yes. And you came and spoke and you were doing something that's probably non-traditional compared to what most people do coming out of Blair. Definitely. Um, do you want to maybe speak I about that? that? Yeah. Um, well, the irony is that part of the reason I went to Blair, I was looking at schools, kind of my parents said, you can't go anywhere where you're not going to get a dual degree, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. But when my older sister was looking at schools, I noticed Vanderbilt had, like, Mark O'Connor at the time was teaching there, mm -hmm. had jazz programs, and I was like, oh, yeah, and it's Music City, and plus it's a great school, so I could get right. another degree and then kind of experiment in the musical field because I'm classically trained, but I would learn a fiddle tune, not necessarily in the particular style probably at the time. Sure. Uh, and then I got here. I was a little surprised at um, that there weren't more string players trying, you know, things out, but it also made it really awesome for me because it was basically like any of the um, jazz classes I took and or fiddle classes it was like almost private lessons or you know two people in them right and I think it kind of really opened my mind to a different you know I call styles I say they're just colors you know hmm. it's it's uh, music is a language uh, within it or sorry music is a vocabulary within it are languages and styles are languages and right. the more you don't have to be like a master of these styles but it just like it's like having a crayon box of like 82 colors or a crayon yeah. box of like 40. Yeah. We did an improv class with him. You know, it's wow. like all these like string players. And he's like, okay, go around the circle. Everybody, <laughs> you can only use B flat, you know, and you can, wow. like one note solos and like, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But kind of really opened my eyes up to what's out there in all capacities musically. Right. Uh, and then I was on a listserv for job openings. Mm -hmm. So I saw that they were, I was sending things off to classical festivals <laughs> and I saw they were looking for this dancing fiddle show that I had seen when I was real little until my mom was like, I want to do something like that. Because they were like, <laughs> fantastic players from all over the world but at one point this guy like ran across the stage and jumped up on the other guy's shoulder and they both didn't miss a beat and they <laughs> I just thought it was funny that's awesome know? yeah and they were looking for a guy and uh they asked me to come up to Calgary for an audition mm -hmm. and they said we really like you we've got uh five males coming tomorrow mm -hmm. and we'll let you know and I got the job wow. <laughs> 
And, uh, and then kind of my world kind of took off in a really weird way. So not everyone who plays the violin has <laughs> ah. has the little quarter inch out. Yes. Right. Yes. Or sometimes or, I get asked about that. They're like, "What is that?" Yeah. What is that extra hole? I don't is that know the O what hole? It is. Yeah, I know. So um, where did that the whole electronics thing? Because you also have like a loop station set up and yeah. Um. So through Barrage, that first show that I did, and um, everything was electric, but they wanted it to still look acoustic, so it wasn't like your typical like. <laughs> this is the electric violin, and it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and they built the guy, one of the guys that kind of started the whole show. Um, he basically made this entire pack that you would clip on the back of your violin. Okay. So it was wireless, but you didn't, so you didn't have to have all the wires. Oops, I just touched. Speaking of wires, the <laughs> microphone um, <laughs> flapping all over the place, um, and it was just kind of concise. And then, kind of watching other things, I was still kind of like the same way because I want to show. I think, you know, just being classically trained and stuff, I just want to show people that you can still use a classical instrument and still have that kind of beautiful sound, but you can also take it and make it crazy without, you know, just plugging it in, having something look crazy, so yeah. you're wearing these shoes, but and flipping <laughs> your head, you know, it, it can still also just really be about the instrument and what it's capable of doing acoustically and also going through a channel and how you can manipulate sure. those sounds and show that I'm playing this and it's still the beautiful instrument that you would go into in the classical music hall. But now, now look what I'm going to do with it. And it's going to, you know, distort it and make it crazy or, right. you know, those kinds of things. So would you say the majority of what you do now is still in the classical realm? I would say, that, yeah, okay. it's definitely the majority of, I mean, that's what I grew up knowing. I think I mm -hmm. tried to, like, venture out in certain things. I mean, I'm a, yeah. I call myself a hack of all, <laughs> of all things I try because I like it all, you know, but yeah. I think... I always, no matter how hard I try to go out into certain different areas, everything that I do is pretty much classically based with, like, thrown in some weird, you know, electronic element now <laughs> and or, you know, like, us telling you, you know, messing with and trying to make my loop station a little different. Are there any challenges of balancing? Even even if you do say that like a lot of what you do is in the classical world, mm -hmm. I still know that you do sessions and obviously you have the creative <laughs> side of things which you enjoy and being creative for yourself and other people. Yes. It it can be taxing, I know, just personally. Is there any challenge of that balancing it for you? Definitely. Um, it's, you know, very thankful for all the different work experiences you get sometimes you know, because you need to show up and be on for certain things, then you get home and, you know, you're going to work on something of your own, and you're like, I just really just, I just need to sit down. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I've been staring at music all day. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's those things that kind of build different, you know, you're like, oh, wow, in this session I played, what a unique sound that this person got or in the prelays, or, you know, and then going mm. into the symphony and kind of going, I forgot about this piece, <laughs> you know, and how, right. you know, it's all, you know, even symphonic pieces, it's, 
it's like a little chamber group, mm -hmm. how everything kind of comes in and sounds, you know, when you're wearing headphones that you don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult sometimes, and, yeah. you know, and you kind of go, what am I doing? And then the <laughs> next day you're like, my life's amazing. <laughs> you know, so right. It's a little bit. Right. You, know. um, you mentioned, I want to back away from music mm -hmm. just a little bit. So you mentioned like being active and going for runs, yeah. staying fit, things like yeah. that. Are there any other things? Um, I want to ask you about those shoes for sure, because <laughs> I know there's a story behind those shoes. Maybe let's just go there. My shoes? Yeah. I don't even really know. I think it's my mom's fault. My mom always gives me the most flack of things. She's like, Alicia, what are people saying about these things? Um, I don't know. I like things that are a little different, but are also functional. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, the one thing, I kind of am definitely like a minimalist these days. Mm. Um, from traveling you kind of go I only have two suitcases so what can I fit in this and two is a luxury yeah. I think the one of mine was filled with food because you never knew where you were gonna end up yeah. uh, and I'm short so I was like <laughs> I don't know and I kind of just always like look around and so I was up in New York and I saw these pop up and I was like ooh those are functional yet funky <laughs> and then I didn't even realize people were gonna comment so much on them but it's really funny too because like I'll walk around and you know, I'll see somebody and they're like, wow, those are really cool. And then I was like at the grocery store the other day and this person was like, <laughs> like just straight up angry looking. <laughs> and I was like, you, you want to try? So, I don't know. So but, do you do, is there anything you don't do in those shoes? Well, that's the joke. I walk into sessions in symphony and people go, do you ever take those off? So I pretty much don't at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they just give me a little height, but they're flat. And yeah. Funky yet. Yeah. Functional. I know. I, yeah. I'm going to branch out hopefully into new new colors, but there's just so many colors. I don't know <laughs> which one to go with next? As someone who's health conscious, I feel like a big challenge for musicians who are on the road is you know staying healthy, both mentally, physically, creatively healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's also a big yeah. one for me personally. Um, I read on your bio online. I was stalking you. What is my bio? Um, <laughs> you were on the road for like 10 plus years or so and yeah. maybe still are on and off. What did that look like? Have you always sort of been health conscious, active? Well, I think my parents, um, I mean, we grew up, both my parents come from farming families and they were kind of like the first of their families not to like directly farm, but they're still farming. Okay. Um, and I think, uh, too, my dad got into the business world and he saw a lot of things were done on the golf course. So anyway, we did had to do lifetime sports. Hmm. We had to play an instrument and we all did dance. Like, and I'm wow. very thankful to my parents for putting me in all that stuff. So I think it was just kind of ingrained. Yeah. And then you don't even like, you know, when you start reading about like anxiety or any depression, all these kinds of things, it's like a lot of stuff can help just by physically moving your body. Yeah. So I think it kind of started in that capacity and sometimes, and I didn't even realize at the time when I was like younger because I grew up doing so much stuff that like when I would go for periods of not like doing any type of physical activity, I was like, mm -hmm. why do I feel so like down or something? You know, it's the yeah. endorphins and all that kind sure. of stuff. So, um, and then too, just being around like different athletes and whatnot. I mean, I was inducted in my high school hall of fame for sports, which is really fun. Cool. Sometimes they're like, you're still playing that violin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Still play. Um, but, you know, it's, I just liked being around. I call musicians like athletes of the fine motor groups or, or small motor groups and fine motor skills. Cause it's, and I know sometimes musicians get ruled. They're like, oh, we're not, 
you know, we're not athletes. But we kind of are because mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's definitely about the art, but it, there's a, a capacity about, you know, you have to, like, be able to move in different ways. There's a physicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And control your body in some ways. Right. How would you describe your own music with all of the like the amalgamation of influences? I don't know. That's kind of it is kind of a question currently where I'm going with some of this stuff. But it's you know I see something I'm like oh I want to do more like electronic stuff like yeah. that's cool, and I so currently I just released uh, an EP called A Monster, which is basically all instrumental with electronics that I could then loop and whatnot, and then mm -hmm. I'm coming out with a new one called A Monstrosity, which is kind of still similar vein, but has some vocal stuff on it. I mean, I sing in tune, cool. but I am not like, you know, <laughs> Beyonce or something. And then I'm also working on, I call it um, a concerto with electronics, mm. like violin concerto with electronics. But it's kind of started from an album that I really didn't release, but released some things from it okay. that I just wanted to basically show was all done, I joke, with my violin's in my face. <laughs> so like any sound on it had to be done with the violin. So like knocking on things or like taking the um, the frog apart and wrapping the hair around uh -huh. the instrument to get all four strings. Cool. None of this is like, Alicia came up with this. Yeah. But it's kind of like, let's showcase that here's a seemingly classical instrument that you can do classical stuff with. But then yeah. all this stuff was done, like putting the octave strings on it or mm -hmm. Um, I have an octave viola, which, I mean, I bought <laughs> off of eBay for $40, and then <laughs> the strings are more expensive than the, I mean, it's not a very right. nice instrument, but, and then to, like, I have an instrument that I put, like, ukulele strings on, and, you know, you can't play it with a bow, but you can, it just makes a different sound, and, like, the tuning, uh, fine tuners were all wiggling, so it makes kind of like a yeah. tambourine sound, and it's just, like, huh. messing with things. I think it's just <laughs> a constant experimentation within the classical realm. And just kind of huh. pushing the instrument to where. Yeah. Has Nashville influenced your sound at all? Yes and no. Um, kind of being able to do, I guess yes in the sense that, you know, like being able to go and sub with the symphony and or doing some of the sessions and playing with like Chris Walters. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first gigs that I took back, coming back here was with Peter Mayer and all the yeah. times I met Chris Walters and just kind of people doing... Just I remember he, he was like, he was playing something, and then he just like banged on the piano, and I was like, "Who are you? I like that, <laughs> you know, like because you don't see a lot of people do that, you know." Yeah. And we're just like doing some weird, weird things. So I think there are definitely people within the community that are okay. taking some risks, and I think as Nashville grows too, like. Um, Have you seen a shift since you've? I definitely. I think there's. Here? I don't know if it's necessarily a shift, it's just I'm being introduced to more people in the community that sure. I didn't know were here, okay. maybe necessarily. And I do think people are kind of moving here and doing different things. It's becoming more open. Mm -hmm. um, like, 
I think classical programming should also incorporate, like, I feel like everybody should be required to take an improv class. It's not whether you're good at it. It's just to show, because all this music that we play was built on improvisation, right. and we have this romantic view of how this music was written, but they were also, like, you know, Bach was like worked at this church, and he had mm -hmm. to turn that stuff out. So, you yeah. know, I might be like, oh, the Chacon is, you know, and he'd be like, oh, I hated that one. Right. So, like, you just, I, I'm definitely putting words in these people's mouths, but, <laughs> you know, it kind of opens you up. And I think also, like, um, voice, everybody should have to take, like, a because I think, too, like, yeah. especially musicians that don't sing, and I still try to struggle with that. It's like, sometimes I'll be like, you know, because you get nervous, and then you're like, why all of a sudden am I like, huh? Like, calm down, you know, like, yeah. breathe back down, you know, so like yoga and those kinds of things. I think I just have one more question, which is, nope, nope. <laughs> all right, ran out of questions. <laughs> if you, um, if you, completely hypothetical, if you could go back and give your younger self advice, either about life in general or about the music industry or about creativity, anything, is there anything that you would say? I wish that I would have kept playing piano. I started learning piano when I was little, and then I was like, my mom, we switched over to violin, yeah. and she wanted to keep us playing piano. And we were like, no! <laughs> it's the only thing she let us not do. Um, I think I would have just told myself to, I think fear is a big, you know, for everyone. It's, mm -hmm. and it's how fast you can get over the fear, and mm -hmm. I think we all kind of struggle with that on a daily basis, no matter what it is. Mm. And I would have just said, probably just trying to overcome it a little bit more quickly and just put yourself out there faster hmm. than... How do you do that? That's a good question. <laughs> you just got to do it sometimes. You know, yeah. it's easy to kind of just stay in your comfort and safety zone, mm -hmm. which I still grapple with to this day. But sure. try things because you just never know who you're going to... I mean, my dad always used to say, like, once you get a job, you should be looking for another one. Not because you want hmm. another job, but because you just never know who and where and what and how things, it's like diversification. Yeah. Just, and, you know, opening yourself up to those kinds of situations and just meeting different people in all capacities just right. opens your brain and to learning. It's like a, you know, toolbox. It's like the crayons, you know, yeah. the, Back to the music thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. just tools and people and situations that just make you a better, well-rounded human. Yeah. In all capacities. That's, that's great. That's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. You wanna, <laughs> you wanna maybe color something with some crayons? Oh yeah, now I'm feeling nervous. I got though. 88 here. Be like, what the heck? <laughs>